happy, happy Friday, everyone. I hope you're doing fantastic. This week's Torah portion is the Torah portion of Vayikra. It's the first portion in the third book of the five books of Moses. We learn about all the sacrifices that were done in the tabernacle and eventually the temple. One of these sacrifices that we speak about in the portion is the sacrifice of the bird offering. The bird offering was either a dove or a turtle dove that was offered on the altar. At the conclusion of discussing this offering, the Torah says, Venimsa damo al And the blood should be pressed, so you should press the, essentially the bird's neck onto the side of the altar and let the blood run down. That was part of the procedure. Rashi comments there and says, Venimsa damo. So Rashi says that here it's using a, it's a rare translation of the word Venimsa. We're translating it as, as, as pressing, that you press the blood down the side of the altar, press the neck. So Rashi has to prove that Venimsa means pressing. So he brings down two verses that prove from throughout Torah, throughout Tanakh, that to prove that Venimsa means, indeed it means pressing. One, one verse is from Proverbs. It says, Mitzapayim. <clears throat> Again, the same word, Mitz, Nimsa. And it means the pressing out of, the verse from Proverbs is, a pressing out of anger leads to conflict. Which we can understand that one. Now, <laughs> the next verse he brings down to show that Venimsa means pressing is the Uphase of Mates. It's talking about the milking had concluded. Milking is done through pressing the cow. And so that shows us that again the root word mitz, met, nimsa, all they mean, they mean pressing. The rabbi discusses in the talk why did why did Rashi choose these two verses to prove that Venimsa means pressing? And he goes through proving what, what the benefit of these two verses were. But then he takes it to a deeper level and he says there's always a deeper dimension of Rashi. It's called Yenishal Torah, the wine of Rashi, the wine of Torah, the inner dimension. And the Rabbi explains that there, there's something Rashi is, chose these two verses because there's something in these two verses that tell us everything that we need to know about in general the sacrifices. It gives us more detail, more inner dimension, more meaning. What is that? Well, the first verse is talking about anger. That a pressing out of anger leads to conflict. Why is it talking about anger? Well, most of the most of the sacrifices were offered, they were offered as sin offerings. Most of them were done because the person had sinned or some element of sin, and he was bringing an offering to to transform the energy, uh, the negativity that had been expressed through sin, and now he's bringing it as an offering that it should be led in a better direction. And that's why he would throw the blood and the fats. They refer to like the energy of of the person, and so. When we're talking about anger, anger is the is kind of the poster boy of sin. The Torah, the Gemara tells us, Talmud tells us, whoever has anger, whoever is angry, it's a kin. It's a kin that he served, that he worshipped an idol, that he, he performed idolatry. Why? Why is anger akin to idolatry? Because why is a person angry? He's angry because he believes that negative things that have happened in his life, negative things that other people have done to him have come from them. He ceases to believe or manifests this belief that really God is running the world and everything that's happening to him is coming from God. And that if it's coming from God, it, there must be a real a good reason there. When he gets angry, he's showing that he doesn't really believe this. It's almost like idolatry. And so that's kind of like every sin has that element because every sin has the element of a person saying, I know God, God told me not to do this, but I don't, but you, so there's some sort of weakening in his, in that belief of God 
that he feels he can do it anyway. So it has the, the traces of idolatry. And so that's where it's talking about here when we're talking about the sacrifices. It brings down that verse. It talks about a pressing out of anger leads to conflict. What's the conflict? First, the, the anger leads to a person having conflict with God. But then hopefully the person is able to come back through tshuva. Now he's giving an offering. The purpose of the offering is to go veer off the wrong direction and go to the right direction. Now, instead of being angry at God, he's going to be angry at his evil inclination. He's going to have issues with the, the toxicity inside of him and try to get veer away from it. But a person can still ask, why did God even create this idea of sin? We know that eventually everyone's going to do tshuva anyways. Everyone's going to come back. That's what it says in the, in the uh, Talmud. Everyone's going to come back. So, what did you gain? You know, everything has to have a net gain to it. If people are coming back anyways, there's going to be high revelation before the times of Mashiach. Everyone's going to return. So then what did you gain out of this whole process? For that, we bring down the second verse, which talks about milk. What's the idea of milk? Milk, according to many, many commentaries, was originally supposed to be prohibited because milk comes from the blood of the animal and blood is prohibited. So milk was also supposed to be prohibited. There's other reasons why it could have been prohibited, Avon Menachai, whatever. Essentially, it was supposed to be prohibited, but there's a novelty here that the Torah allows it. And not only does the Torah permit it, but the Torah even praises the land of Israel as the land flowing with milk and honey. So it suddenly becomes a praiseworthy thing. And that's this idea that something that on the outside may have looked negative really is positive. And that's the same thing with sin. Sin looks like it's all negative on the outside. It looks like I wish it wouldn't have happened to begin with. But the answer is really God craves that concept of a person having gone in the wrong direction, but then recalibrates and he comes back, and when he comes back, he comes back even with more force than he ever could have had if he wouldn't have sinned. So it kind of leads to a springboard to even higher elevation, higher than he ever would have had. And that's this idea here, and that's a very deep and powerful view of looking anything you could have done in your life. We've all had our times this and that, but on the contrary, God sees deep value and preciousness when we come back and we bounce back. It's very, very valuable to God. Okay, I'm